No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 118. This is the Hosanna Psalm because it was quoted by the people when Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. I call Psalm 118 the Hosanna Psalm because it's the psalm the people quoted when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Of course, Hosanna means save now. There's a sense of urgency and fervency. As I look at the news today, I think it is very appropriate that we all cry out to the Lord, save now. Some commentators think this psalm was composed during the time after the Babylonian captivity when the people of Jerusalem rebuilt the walls under the leadership of Nehemiah. It is the last of the six Hallel or praise psalms which were sung at the feasts of Israel and it would have been sung at the Passover that Jesus celebrated with his disciples. It begins and ends with praise. Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. Is there any question about what the psalmist is getting at and what he's meditating on? Can we ever get too much of the Lord's enduring mercy? Psalm 57 tells us, Your mercy reaches unto the heavens. And Psalm 108 says, Your mercy is great above the heavens. That tells me that the universe and beyond are filled with God's mercy. You could say His mercy is to infinity and beyond. That is a good place to begin any prayer and a good place to start your day, dwelling on the enduring mercy of God. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. So he called on the Lord in his distress. Now, this would make sense if it was during the time of Nehemiah because they were under a lot of distress from the enemies surrounding them. And they did call upon the Lord and the Lord did come to their aid and help them. But I think it applies to any time that we are in distress. Who do we call out to? Do we call to the Lord? If we call to the Lord and we continue to call to the Lord, he is faithful. He will answer us. And he'll set our feet in a broad place, a spacious place. He'll give us plenty of room. Now, I love what Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Folks, I know there's so much I don't know that I need to know. And that's why I ask God, give me wisdom, show me what to do. 
It says here that the Lord is on my side so that I will not fear. This is how we assure our hearts when we are prone to be anxious or fearful, by knowing that the Lord is on our side. The Apostle Paul takes up this point in Romans 8.31 where he says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Or as I like to say, what difference does it make who's against us if God's on our side? The Lord is with me among those who help me. Now, truly, it's wonderful to have friends who help you when you're in times of need. And the Lord is among them. And obviously, he's even greater than them because he's omnipotent. I don't need to worry about my enemies because God will take care of them and he will defend me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Now, man's tendency always is to put confidence and trust in other men, to see a leader, to follow them, and to put all their hope in that person. But people will always let you down because they're weak. It is said of Jesus that he would not entrust himself to any man because he knew what was in a man. He didn't need people to tell him what was in a man. He knew what was in a man, and he knew that men are weak. Paul said that he would not put any confidence in the flesh, even his own. His confidence was in the Lord. So it says here, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why? Because the Lord is faithful. He is strong. He'll never let you down. Now, it's interesting. These two verses, verses 8 and 9, are actually the middle point of the Bible. It's the continental divide, if you will. And this marks our halfway point in simply the Bible, going through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Hoorah. Verse 10. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees, and they were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. So the nation surrounded me. It certainly was the situation in the days of Nehemiah. Surrounding nations opposed the Jews as they rebuilt the walls and they even threatened to kill them. But in the name of the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, they overcame them with a sword in one hand and a stone in the other as they built the wall. They just kept building until the schemes of the enemy were vanquished. Now, are there enemies pursuing you? Listen, you don't need to be afraid. Just trust your cause to the Lord and continue to do good. The Lord is my strength, my song, and my salvation. I love that. I love the alliteration of that. Is the Lord your strength? Is he your song? Is he your salvation? The voice of rejoicing and salvation is, is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live, 
and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. So the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. I wonder if that's the case in our homes. Is there the voice of rejoicing? Is there the voice of celebrating the salvation we have in the Lord? There should be. Then the psalmist commends the right hand of the Lord. It does valiantly. It is exalted. And clearly, we are held in his mighty right hand. I shall not die, but live. Now, this is not only just expressing hope in the protection of God, but it is also looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Lord chastened me severely, it says, but he has not given me over to death. And we know that God did not leave his son in the grave, but delivered him from death through the resurrection. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. Now, the gates here are speaking of the gates leading to the temple, the gates of Jerusalem. According to Ezekiel 46, in the millennial temple that will be rebuilt, the east gate will be opened for the prince to make offerings, clearly a reference to Jesus Christ. The stone, which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now we see here that it is completely speaking of Jesus Christ. The stones the builders rejected. Now, there's some speculation. Was there actually a stone that either the temple builders that were rebuilding after the Babylonian captivity or Nehemiah and those building the wall, did they come across a stone and, and overlook it and then later realize it was a cornerstone? It's possible. But certainly this was prophetic of Christ. Jesus quoted verses 22 and 23 to the Pharisees, indicating that he was the chief cornerstone that they, the builders, were rejecting. And then Peter said to the Jews in Acts 4.11, speaking of Christ, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, there would be cause to rejoice at the completion of the walls being built, there was certainly reason to rejoice when Jesus rode on the donkey and made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This was the day the Lord had made. There will be a great cause of rejoicing at the coronation of Jesus Christ as king when he returns again. But you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. We look around, we see a lot of problems. We look at the news, we get depressed or angry, and yet... This is the day the Lord has made. He's put us here for such a time as this. So we choose to rejoice in the Lord and be glad in it and do what he would have us do. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. So this is what they quoted when Jesus came into Jerusalem. They said, Hosanna, or save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And as they were saying this, of course, the Pharisees told Jesus, tell your disciples to be quiet. They shouldn't be saying this because they knew they were quoting a messianic psalm, Psalm 118, and applying it to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, look, if they are quiet, then even the rocks will cry out this day. Verse 27 says, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Now, we don't know that they ever would bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar. There's no evidence of that in the law. But we know that Jesus was bound to the cross through the nails in his hands and feet. And Jesus is our sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. This is the bookend of the Hallel Psalm. It begins with praise it ends with praise. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we begin Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. It is an acrostic where every verse speaks of delighting in God's Word. Blessed are those who meditate on it. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. (laughs) 